Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Negative Positives Podcast, coming to you live out of the Gutter Man Cave in beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. And now, here are your hosts, Andre Dominguez and Mike Gutterman. Hello and welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 158. I am your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave here in Louisville, Kentucky. And it is Sunday night, and we have a super awesome guest that uh, I'm really glad we have him on this week. We actually beat uh, those scallywags on the Lensless Podcast. We're trying to get him before us, but uh, we landed him first, so... uh, very excited about that. But before we get to our special guest, it is Sunday night. So what does that mean? Everyone's favorite co-captain of the podcast is on with us here tonight. I think now back in his uh, in his school home of North Carolina. How are you tonight, Andre Dominguez? I'm doing very well, Mike. I am indeed back here in North Carolina, surrounded by all of the cameras, shit, and suitcases that I've been so reluctant to unpack uh, ready to start a new semester, which includes a film photography class on Tuesday. Nice, nice. That your last semester, right? My last semester. Look out, look out. But let's get to uh, our special guest tonight. Uh, everyone should know him, the inventor of the f- famous face casting uh, uh trend that's just sweeping the nation and the world by storm now that would be none other than mr stephen ray who is in america now but we know who hails from the country of new zealand tonight with us stephen ray how are you tonight stephen hello i was told to say hello sir hello (laughs) Uh, (laughs) excellent thanks how are you awesome great great and uh, uh, car park in a hotel (laughs) <laughs> well, so I'm not, it's not dodgy at all, okay? <laughs> yeah, his connection might be a little spotty, so uh, we'll see. Uh, apparently he has Wi-Fi at the hotel, but it's only uh, outside uh, in his car. So I don't know <laughs> what's going on with that. But somehow uh, in, the, in the pre-production of the show, uh, Stephen mentioned that he was in his car ready to record uh, without any pants on. So uh, I think that uh, shows that uh, you know, th- this, uh, this podcast is going to be something special. So... Uh, <laughs> But to make it to make it less dodgy, I am drinking beer, so that makes it better, all right? Doesn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Now, Mike, what what is that thing about open containers of alcohol in motor vehicles? <laughs> oh, well, it's, well, you know, it's oh, different. Hang on. It's 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 different when you're in when you're podcasting, though. I think there's a, an exemption. Yeah. If you're doing, yeah. So uh, yeah. Wasn't there but, an, ex- an exemption if you're only in your underwear <laughs> and you lathered up in baby oil? Does that make it all right? In America? <laughs> See, now, sure. the, the logical question now, Stephen, is did you walk out to the parking lot, as we say in this country, uh, in just your underwear, or did you strip down once you got in the car? <laughs> Have you seen the size of me? It's very hard to strip down when I'm in a car. So I walked down and stripped down outside the car and then hopped in. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, well, I what just a, say what that... a sight. I can already tell that this episode is just going to beat the pants off all the other episodes, huh? What? 
What? I'm just imagining a, a nice, you know, a dapper little Mormon police officer strolling up to Stephen's car and being like, um, sir, what is going on? Nice, nice. And Stephen, they kept on the window with guns in this country, right? <laughs> so you, uh, you're in Utah right now, is that, is that correct? Correct. Yeah, I'm sitting in a car park at Bryce Canyon right now. Perfect. Nice. Fantastic. Now, wasn't it Bryce Canyon where you had uh, like a crazy fever and didn't get some shots the last time you were in America? Is that, is that right? Am I remembering that correctly? I fixed that today. Nice. It's done. Nice. Awesome. So you finally... I uh took that off now. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, before we get too much into Stevens Week, because he is on a big, long tour of the Grand Ole USA, and we want to hear all about it, and uh, let's get into uh, let's get into our weeks and get those get our boring weeks out of the way before we get to his. So, uh, Andre, how about you tell us about what you've been up to this week? Well, Mike, as I alluded to before, I had a bit of a trip from Miami down here to North Carolina, as is customary. I took some some photos in the the airport on the plane uh, as usual so i should be seeing those soon when i finally get a chance to develop them since i've been here back in north carolina it's mainly been you know getting things ready for the semester doing some some groceries uh, buying school supplies i did get a chance to walk around uh here on franklin street which is our our main uh street that goes through the the town of chapel hill Managed to squeeze off a few more portraits, the last few frames on my Rolleiflex. And uh, now I'm just really, really dreading having to unpack all of this camera gear that that took up the vast majority of my suitcases to L.A. and then Miami. So honestly, not much uh, going on here. I did actually manage to... Uh, as I showed on the on the Facebook page, I have a little bit of a of a slide film related haul, in that when I, you know, had to get my car, uh, not hot wired, that's the wrong word, uh, <laughs> jump started when I came back here because it was just sitting in the parking lot <laughs> for for a couple months, so I had to have Honda roadside assistance jump start it, and then drive around for about an hour to recharge the the battery and while i did that i stopped by the uh the carbro location of southeastern camera the raleigh location of southeastern camera uh as well as peace camera in raleigh just you know saying hello to my friends and coworkers uh, and seeing what they had on offer and managed to score eight uh kodak carousel type slide trays as well as uh, a three times uh LED slide viewer thingy. Mm. Um, the last, the last, you know, one of those, the slide viewer. Did I really need? Probably not. But <laughs> I'm at this point right now where every time I go into a camera store and I see something slide film related, I'm kind of like, ah, well, like I need it. <laughs> <laughs> so all of that for a mere fifty bucks. And uh, we've we've mentioned before that. You know, I'm strongly considering just storing my mounted slides in those slide trays with just like, you know, and having that slide tray inside of a like a large Ziploc bag to keep dust out. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm glad that I have a few more of those. They are now starting to to pile up and, and take up a lot of space. But 
given the the lovely results uh, that we've been getting from the Ectochrome beta tests out there in the great oh, wide yeah. beyond, uh, I can assure you that I will be shooting a lot of it. So these slide trays will not go unused. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, we, the, I, I'm guessing most people by now have seen the Ectochrome results starting to pour in on Instagram and various social media, and uh, it looks great. Uh, the skin tones particularly uh, quite amazing, man. And uh, in you know the outside shots, I haven't seen as many of yet, but the ones I've seen look look decent. So uh, I think we're going to be uh, very uh, very happy with the results from Ectochrome. <laughs> Ectochrome. And uh, it uh, it's better than those first results they released a couple months ago. So uh, it's definitely uh, nothing to fear. This 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 film is going to be quite quite incredible. It seems. Uh, Stephen, have you seen the uh, the Ectochrome results that's been coming out lately? Uh, yeah, I saw, uh, I'm trying to think who, who put it on the, on the negative positive page the other day, mm -hmm. uh, picture of a lady that would, yeah. that would look really good. Yeah. 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 It looks really nice. I've never yeah. shot any, um, any slide films, so I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. I've shot a little, uh, but most of it has been, uh, just for cross processing purposes because, uh, <laughs> I never really, never really wanted to do E6, uh, uh, developing or pay for it. And then now that I, I have the, the courage to do color developing at home, uh, with the C41 kit, I, I know the E6 kit's not much harder. I'm definitely going to be shooting more, uh, slide film properly with the proper E6 chemicals and just do it myself at the home. And, it won't be uh, any more pricey, really, than any other home developing I do. So, but yeah, that, that Ectochrome looks great. I'm look, I'm, I'm super pumped about it. So I'm definitely gonna be saving up a little money to buy a big chunk of it when it comes out. You know, I bet when it comes out, it's gonna be one of those deals, sort of like T Max 3200, where it's kind of sells out real quick, and you got to wait for them to get some more in. So I want to kind of jump on that first shipment when it happens. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, Andre, was that pretty much it for your week? Yep. Perfect. All right. Uh, as far as mine, uh, let's see, I don't know if I did much photography this week. I did a little bit, uh, not a whole lot, but I did manage to get five more rows of my Florida trip developed uh, yesterday and then scanned those last night. Uh, my big fear was I took most of the family portraits with my big Pentax 6.7, uh, and my wife was really looking forward to those, so I wanted to deliver. Now, granted, I took some uh, some digital photos of the family as well, just to make sure, just to make sure I keep the wife happy that she have something. Uh, but uh, so I get the I, I developed that role last night uh, from the Pentax 6.7, and I'd shot those on f 2.8. It's a 90 millimeter lens, and so I knew my my depth of field was going to be pretty shallow. So I was worried about. Did I get the eyes in focus? Just, just let those eyes be in focus, man. And, uh, and I, I've had, you know, issues with uh, eyesight uh, on focusing in, in the past sometimes. Uh, but, man, uh, I scanned the photos last night, and I nailed the focus, and every single one of them, the eyes are sharp in every single photo, and I'm just uh, I'm completely blown away by how that Pentax 6.7, uh, just the kind of quality it puts out and the size of that negative and, uh, man, just the, 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 the background blurriness, uh, or bokeh or whatever they want to call it. Uh, it's just so smooth and that, that sort of that 3d pop that it has. And, uh, oh man, it's just, I'm, I'm super happy with, uh, that camera, that lens and, uh, and just the way the portraits came out and I've used Portra 400 and you can never go wrong with Portra as well. So, uh, just, yeah. And I showed the wife, uh, the photos to tonight, right before we started recording and, uh, she has approved. So, my job is uh is accomplished uh and i'm not gonna be um 
dealing with a, a, a wife that wonders why I'm still shooting film. So, <laughs> so but uh, yeah, that was pretty much uh, pretty much my week. But uh, not, nothing nothing too exciting. Just a just a big success, and just uh, you know, I'm glad that I that Pentax six seven is uh, uh, everything I was hoping it would be. So yeah, awesome stuff. But uh, so let's get to uh, Steve and Ray because he's obviously got a hell of a lot more to talk about than we would on our weeks because he's on a I don't know, a big, huge American excursion um, on his way to becoming a genuine bona fide cowboy, I believe, mountain man as well. So, uh, Stephen, tell us about your trip so far. <laughs> tell us what's going on, man. Give us a little kind of a little, you know, a little uh, preview or, or of what, is, what has happened in your time here in the grand old U.S. of A. So, Thursday two weeks ago I think it might have been I've lost track of time to be very honest (laughs) we flew into Houston in the greatest state in America of Texas and and, um, (laughs) it has become my favourite state in America Texas because Texas people are so Texas Um, (laughs) any state any part of America where they firmly believe that the sun rises and sets in their own state that's the state for me. Um, <laughs> from there, we made our way up. We stayed on a, a, a ranch or a ranch. Is that what you call them? A, ranch, a cattle yeah. ranch. <laughs> and um, it had, it had uh, you know, those old-fashioned, um, we, we, I, I thought they were oil oil well pump things. Mm-hmm. You know that rock? It had a whole oh, lot yeah. of those in it. When I went for a walk to take photos of them, I actually think they were pumping water. Ah. Um because they had water stamped on the big tanks next to it. So it's either they are pumping oil and just using water to disguise it. Um, Clever. And I got chased I got chased by a flock of cows, which scared me. And Is it a flock? <laughs> I think it's a herd, isn't it? Yeah, it'd be a oh, herd, I don't yeah. know. I come, from a, I come from a country that specializes in dairy products, and I've never been on a farm in my life. They scare me. So, um, and from there we went to Dallas, which was a really cool city, and um, Fort Worth, which we went to a uh, like a um, what was it called? It was it was a, like a market area where they had um, cowboy shows, like a wild bull, a buffalo bull show, and a gunfight in the street and stuff like that, which was pretty cool. Which I actually thought it was all over America. I thought that's everywhere you went. There was a gunfight in the street. But I haven't oh, had any guns. Oh, there, there definitely is. Uh, not the type, not not necessarily for entertainment, but. Uh. Nah. And then, and then from there, we we made our way up through Kansas. I think my wife wanted to go to see the Wizard of Oz Museum in Wamego, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, do we go to Oklahoma first? Yeah, we went to Oklahoma first. Then we went to Kansas. And then we went to the greatest, second greatest state in the land of Iowa, where we went to spend four nights watching the only sport that America has really produced that they compete internationally, of sprint car racing. Uh, and I think I've been uh, a race, uh, four nights of racing at a race event I wanted to go to since I was a little kid. And um, from there, we've made our way across. Uh, that's where I met up with Matt Melcher, and he mm-hmm. rescued my, my entire holiday by handing me an old, um, well, not old, it actually works really well, a Minolta uh, just point and shoot. 
so I could put my colour film in that and just shoot away. And mm. then um, we had a fun time. I think we did a face cast for it. I'm pretty oh, yeah, sure. I saw it. It was awesome. We had a yeah. few beers. <laughs> I think more than a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's altitude. I think, the beer, I think the beer gets at me at altitude. Remember, uh. I live at sea level. Literally sea level. And then we made, we've made our way across um, from there. We spent a, day, a night in Lincoln, a night somewhere I can't... Oh, North Platte, Platte, Platte. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we spent two days in Denver where we went up into the mountains where I become Honest Steve the Mountain Man. <laughs> and um, from there we've come into... You know, yesterday we were in Moab and we went to... Uh, Arches National Park, which is amazing, and then um, today we went down into Bryce Canyon, which is just just incredible. It's a, the scenery in this country is amazing, huh. um, especially when you get into the mountains. When we went from our drive from Houston all the way to Denver, I never saw a mountain, and I live in a country that's spat out of the sea, and all we saw was this massive mounds of corn pretty much all the way from Houston <laughs> yeah 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 so as far as where you know, you've we, been we navigate by, by the hills yeah as far as where you've been in the US so far is there a, a state or a region that reminds you of New Zealand any or is there anything that even remotely look the same or is it all just completely a strange uh, landscape to you no, no, Colorado is a lot a lot like New Zealand, although we don't get up, where I live in New Zealand doesn't get up to the 14,000 feet. Mm-hmm. I think the highest mountain around us is about six, maybe, within within an hour's drive of where I live. But, you know, um, I mean, New Zealand is, is volcanoes and um, and basically just spat out of the sea by the, by the tectonic plates over time. So there's a lot of hills and mountains around us. But then, you know, when you look at that Mount Evans that I went up, that was 14,000 feet. Well, don't forget Denver itself is at, was it six or 7,000 feet? Mm. So it's not like it's 14,000 feet from the sea to the top, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot like New Zealand in that, that respect. I see. Except, except I haven't been anywhere once since we've left Houston where I can see the ocean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just something that, that that we miss in America. Yeah. So you know, it's funny, uh, Stephen. We didn't have you. Uh, you know, we just had you talk about your you know your trip so far. But actually, just a little bit about you. When did you uh, kind of get into photography? And like, uh, has it always been filmed for you? Or uh, let's have a little bit about that because I'm not sure if you ever had a chance to. What's that? Any minute when I. Many, many, many years ago when I was a Kiwi, I saved up all my pocket money and bought a one camera. And I used to shoot that everywhere I could as a little kid. Mm. And and then my mum would um, get get the photos developed for me. And as I got older, I, I think my last, up until I got back into film, my last film camera, I stopped shooting around the mid two. 2006, something like that. I stopped shooting it, and I had a Minolta. Um, 
want to say it was a X7 something or other. I can't, I can't really remember. Mm-hmm. I stopped shooting because it, digital was the way to go, and digital bored the crap out of me, so I never shot it. Mm-hmm. I just stopped shooting. And in um, in 2016, we were planning our first trip to America, which was going to be in 2017. So I started saving up for a, another camera, realizing that a digital camera was going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. And um, I accidentally got drunk one Christmas day and bought a, a box brownie on our <laughs> our, um, our version of eBay. Yeah. And, um, Unfortunately, it's gone from there. Well, fortunately. <laughs> I was going to say, unfortunately. Oh, uh, that's... Perhaps for your bank account, but your happiness level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that, yeah. It's been you know, very, very much a self-taught journey. I don't know anyone else that shoots film in my own country. So when I sat down with, with uh, Matt, Matt last Sunday and had a beer with him, and we were geeking out over our cameras and sharing little stories and bits of philosophy. For me, that was, um, that's the first time I've sat down with another film photographer. And, oh, uh, wow. um, so that was quite special, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I imagine. Yeah. That has, has to be strange to, I mean, so you've never seen, I mean, do you see other photographers quite a bit in your, in your, in your country or, and, and they just, they're not shooting film or you just don't see many photographers at all? I don't see a lot of photographers. There, most people are running around with digital cameras, mm-hmm. and and if someone sees me in the street around in my town, or or I go down, there's a little gorge area with with uh, a lot of rock, and it used to be a mining area. So if I go down there and I'm shooting, and someone sees me with with either my pinhole or or a film camera, they'll they'll come up to me and say, "Are you still shooting film?" Of course, so I go, "Yeah," <laughs> and we have a discussion about it i don't see any other film shooters at all wow wow yeah i i, Matt, I got it it's the first one i've sat down and spoke yeah i gotta admit i was quite jealous to not be uh sitting in that uh in that booth with you and uh matt melcher i think that would have been a, a heck of a time <laughs> but uh so so your wife was there with you was she like uh Getting like that glazed over look that my wife sometimes gets when I'm geeking out about cameras with somebody else, uh, or was she, or is she used to it by now, or she, or how was she able to tolerate all the, all the, uh, I don't know, film geekness that was going on? Um, she got quite. She was getting glazed over, but she was just concentrating on how many beers I was drinking because so she's got skill. She knows when to start slowing me down, otherwise I'll just keep going. <laughs> So it was quite busy with that because we were in a in a brew brew bar in a bar with two hundred and sixty eight brews on tap. So oh wow, you know I was trying to try everything I could, and she was trying to stop me. So. Perfect, perfect. All right. Well, well hey, uh, I mean, I'm sure that next uh, next time that you you plan this trip, you'll you'll plan it such that you pass through Louisville and Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I've That's never not... been. To, I got you know. Yeah, uh, we went. I went through Louisville last. Actually, we just drove through it. Uh, uh-huh. I think. Pretty sure we're on our way from Indiana to to Nashville. What would, would I've got was it? Would it then? Would it, would it have been then? Yeah, that'd take you right through Louisville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and we I, I think from memory we only went around the outskirts of it on the interstate, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But I do yeah. remember going through Louisville, Kentucky. Wow, wow! I wish I, I wish and, we didn't. Uh, I wish we didn't know when each I first other heard then. Your show. Sorry. I wish we didn't know each other then, so I could have had a beer with you then. I missed out. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't even think I don't even think it started the show. That was July last. Yeah. Yeah, probably hadn't. Yeah, no, I hadn't. I think I started it October of that month or of that year. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, all right. I think we got uh, some uh, a little bit about our weeks, and we got a little bit into to Stephen's trip. Obviously, we're going to get probably more in depth with it because we got some great questions from the Facebook group, from the wonderful members. <laughs> of the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group uh, directed at Stephen, and uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun with it. And there's quite a few questions. So how about we take a break, and uh, we'll get back with these questions. So uh, uh, we shall be right back, folks. Folks, we are back from the break, uh, an obviously entertaining break with Mr. Uh, Stephen Ray. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, everything you see on the face cast, uh, what you see is what you get with that guy. And uh, so, uh, but anyway, let's uh, we, let's get to the Facebook group. We had a lot of questions. We always like to pose a que- uh, like tell people on the Facebook group who the next guest is going to be, so they can ask questions kind of specific to that person. And uh, boy, we got a. Uh, we got kind of a, the floodgates open on this one, so uh, that just shows the popularity of our guest tonight, I guess. So, uh, Andre, what's the uh, the first uh, question from the Facebook group to Mr. Stephen Ray? Well, we're starting out with uh, with a pretty easy one, a nice, you know, lovely little softball from the lovely Sherry Christensen, who asks, now that you have invented face casting, how does it feel to be famous? Where do you see this new trend in two years' time? <laughs> In two years' time, um, well, I, I kind of would think that the entire world would be face casting. <laughs> now, you got to understand where face casting came from. It's because Mike and you were slacking and weren't putting out any podcasts, so <laughs> I decided that I would help my fellow NPFPP listeners by putting out a podcast but I didn't know how to tap into Mike's podcast so I had to do it on Facebook hence Facecast <laughs> and it wouldn't Perfect. have happened if you guys if you guys were on top of your game and, and, and even remotely <laughs> professional it never would have happened well, well that, you know every they say everything happens for a reason and I think we all benefit from it <laughs> yeah. I think, I think people benefit from uh, not hearing our voices every once in a while too. So I think uh, I think it's I think it was a win-win all around. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, well, awesome. I mean, Mike, in your own way, you were doing uh, some face casts as well. Like the the videos that you that you film with your with your phone in the garage, explaining little things. I saw that you posted the the video about how to get the film out of the APS canister without breaking it open. I haven't yeah. watched it yet, but I saw that you made it. 
And, yeah. you know, I, I, we've said this multiple times, but I encourage people to, to do the same. I know that uh, Sherry Christensen, who just asked this question, did a little like room like studio tour of her mm-hmm. of her office showing uh you know where where the magic is made and i definitely encourage more of our listeners to to do that you don't have to wait for some you know some <laughs> traveling kiwi big shot to, to visit your hometown in order to to face cast it can be something from the comfort of your own bathroom while you're developing just uh show us your your faces uh, at the very least let us hear your voices by leaving a call into this podcast. But what better way to interact with the rest of the the crazy folks who <laughs> listen to me and Mike jabber <laughs> on week after week than a face cast? Yeah, yeah. And Andrew uh, Bartram. Let's, let's not, Go ahead. Let's not forget, I didn't actually invent face casting. It was actually invented by Mike on the 4th of July. <laughs> when oh, he did, gosh. did his little... Uh, now... I was going to start tonight's podcast with a bit of a, a bit of a dig at, at young Andre because people have been coming up with movie names for Andre and I, I was going to say that he reminded me of Robin, the original Robin. When I saw the physique <laughs> on Mike's 4th of July uh, face cast, I couldn't really, I can't, I can't because there's no way that the original Batman Looked like that. So, okay. <laughs> so the, the audio was cutting I out, and I didn't get any of that. I, I think he was saying that you were Robin and I was Batman, and uh, but he's <laughs> saying that my physique somehow doesn't match uh, Batman. I'm not. I don't. I mean, I, I think it was. Uh, I, mean, I think my physique was kind of kind of rocking. You know, it was kind of you know. It was, uh, you know, it was, it was the dance moves kind of, kind of taking over the nation a little bit, you know, like, I don't know, you know. I and mean, if that's you know. his summer bod, folks, uh, imagine, imagine what winter will bring. You got Thanksgiving right. coming up, not in, in not too, <laughs> too many months. Christmas. I mean, I yeah. already know that his wife's cooking is amazing, so. <laughs> yeah, I better, I better, I better start getting control of the situation. But, uh, but yeah, also Andrew Bartram, uh, you know, he runs, uh, he has that podcast called the Lenses Podcast. That's his podcast, uh, Andrew Bartram's podcast, and uh, uh, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and so, so yeah, uh, he has that podcast, the Lenses Podcast. Have you heard Andrew Bartram's podcast, the Lenses Podcast? Uh, everyone, yeah, everybody's heard that, right? That's Andrew's podcast. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, the, uh, he did a fantastic, face cast. fantastic <laughs> host. Corey Cannon's was podcast. I'm not sure of this other one, but okay. No, no. I, I mean, I think he has a guest on there named Corey, but uh, I mean, it's Andrew's. It's Andrew's podcast. He uh, he did a face cast on our on the Facebook group showing his dark room. So yeah, it was uh, he was one of the original ones to do it too. So, but. Uh, yeah, so that that was by the way, that's a little dig if you haven't heard uh, the Lenses podcast was referring to this uh, this very show as Andre's show now. So I just wanted to uh, make sure that everyone <laughs> knew who's uh, who's actually running the Lensless over there. So yeah, but uh, uh, <laughs> this just goes to show how how far behind I am on my podcast because I didn't even hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the latest episode. So. Uh, uh, there you go. But I just wanted to make sure everybody was clear, you know, who's running the show over there. So, yeah. But uh, 
Uh, anyway, uh, Andre, what's the next uh, next uh, topic from the from the Facebook group? Next topic comes from Mr. Matt Jones, who says, "Have you found any meat pies in the land of the free?" No. And the first thing I'm going to do when I return to good old Kiwi land is buy a meat pie. <laughs> See now, would you like to explain to the the listeners who are who are unfamiliar? Because most of us, you know, here in in the good old U.S. of A., when we think of pies, we think of you know, like mom's like apple pie or like pecan pie, uh, cherry pie. Okay, so it's like it's like an apple pie, but with um, meat in it. <laughs> so the pastry contains the meat. It's it, honestly. Anyone that's been to Australia or New Zealand, I, I think they might have them in England. I'm not 100% sure. But I know in Australia and New Zealand, we have laws about how much meat content has to be in a meat pie. <laughs> and, and and they are just they are the food for a trucker like me. They're food on the go. You stop off, you grab a meat pie. So you can have mince or, or steak in it or chicken. Or anything you want in it, but you can hold it in your hand and eat it as you go down the road, and you're not getting your hand, your fingers dirty because it's all contained in this lovely pastry. <laughs> absolutely outstanding. If you had meat pies in this country, honest to God, if someone introduced them into America, they would take off and they would be billionaires. <laughs> With all the fast food that you have in this country that you can't eat while you're driving because your fingers get oily and greasy and and all that that liquid cheese that you poor guys put on everything dripping everywhere <laughs> you put that into a pie it just it would transform this country well yeah. what, do you, what do you say mike you wanna you wanna quit your four job i'll i'll say sayonara to the sinistil folks and we'll, we'll start our american meat pie empire <laughs> right why not it's got to work out better than ford has so far for me so <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect perfect all right so uh now, see, we're getting educated here tonight. I like this, but uh, uh, okay. So, Andre, what's the what's the next question? Next question comes from Jason Hudson, who asks, "What made you start traveling through the good old USA? What do you do with all the photos from your trips?" Okay, so my first trip last year was was the same as my trip this year. <clears throat> my trips start and centralize around my desire to watch sprint car racing in America. That's it. So I have to endure another three. Like last year, I spent a week in Indiana following sprint cars every night of the week. And my penance for that was I had to endure another four weeks in America, traveling around it with my wife, looking at stuff. And this, this, this trip centered around going to uh, Knoxville, Iowa, to watch sprint cars for four nights, which I did a week ago. Um, and my penance for that is another three weeks this time traveling around America. It's it's a horrible, horrible price to have to pay. My <laughs> wife wants to go to Europe, and I'm I talking around to coming back to America. So nice, nice. There's no yeah, I was about to ask, like, does your does your wife have like a a white whale that she's chasing across the U.S. that that you have to put up through? Are you calling me a whale? <laughs> 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 I, I could go home and talk, I could go home and talk to my mates and get smoked like that. <laughs> this is shit. Um, no, she just likes to see 
she used to just like seeing America until today when I made a walk down into the canyon here at Bryce Canyon and straight back up. She didn't enjoy that so much. But um, <laughs> no, she just likes to see America. She loves it here too. We, <laughs> nice. Yeah, you know, we love coming here. And with what I do with my photos, I bore the crap out of my friends by showing them to them at every opportunity I get. I pull my phone up, straight onto Flickr, and I start making them look at them, just like my granny used to do to me. Perfect. But well, I can't I mean, understand why that. The, one of the things that, that I love that you've been doing is the whole thing of, like, you know, on this day last year, this is where I was. And I thought that was such an interesting look uh, because I know that for me, for example, it's very, very rare for me to go back to, you know, the same place either to begin with or, you know, consistently. Like I know Mike and his family go down to uh, their favorite place in, in Florida every year um, so that they have a little bit of continuity in terms of, of that. But I thought it was such an interesting idea to be like, on this day one year ago, I was in this part of the U.S. and here's some pictures from that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, that's all does. Facebook. Throw that up from all the photos. Because I, I take... Um, geez, what the hell is that? The bus. <laughs> uh, I take... Too many too many burgers, sir. <laughs> Did you hear that noise? Yeah, oh, yeah, we heard it, yeah. It, was a, it wasn't me. That was a bus, all right? It was just a yeah. next to me. You're the one who said um, that you're in your underwear is slathered up in baby oil. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, if I, maybe if I put some pants on, it would disguise that noise. Muffle it. Um, so now because as I'm shooting my film camera, obviously I've got my phone in my other hand shooting as well the same photos or trying to, I try to get the same photos. I don't always seem to remember to shoot my photos on my phone that I'm taking with the cameras. Um, and so those, those are just what I've been putting on every day on my trip. I did the same last year. Um, Facebook keeps throwing them back at you every, you know, every 12 months. This is what you did 12 months ago. So oh, I thought that was quite cool. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dane one. Nieder says, have you ever thought of putting together a trip zine? I have, but um, I'm really lazy. And... Uh, <laughs> It seems like a lot of work. <laughs> I don't uh, know what you mean. My disposable camera project that was supposed to be turned into a zine, you know, happened months ago. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, you know, like I, I work 65 to 70 hours a week, so I don't, even, I don't have a lot of time left for much at all. So um, I haven't. That was the attention from our trip last year. <laughs> we, we haven't quite got around to doing last year's one yet. Uh, yeah. we're back again. So do you do you get most of your photos printed, or uh, do you just kind of keep them on hard drives? I mean, do you actually go through the trouble of like printing these out uh, for like a you know a photo album or anything when you get done, home from these trips? We haven't yet. We, I've got a, I've actually got a file folder on my hard drive of photos that I want to get printed. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of going down and trying to organise it. We don't have a, um, a, a, a printing booth, for want of a better word, in, in my little town. So we've got to travel an hour or an hour and a half to a bigger town to get, to get that done. Mm. And we just haven't done it. And I've got, like I said, I've got, 
I got a little folder made up of photos I want to get printed from my. Um, it's just a matter of getting in and doing it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's important, man. Get those prints made, and uh, so yeah. Uh, I, I, I say that too, but I'm way behind on my printing as well. So, <laughs> but, but anyway, it's just it is what it is. I think we all we all struggle with that, man. Just trying to make time for photography in general, much less making getting prints made. It's a whole another uh, whole another thing. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm sitting on a two month backlog of of um, scanning to do from from films that I've I've uh, developed. You know, mm-hmm. so. Now are you home developing? Because I find scanning a bit of, yeah, everything's home developed. It, it yeah. came out of necessity because it's just too hard to get them developed. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Is it right. hard and to get a hold of like, developing them. chemistry there? <laughs> I order my film and my chemistry. I order everything from America. I either use uh, FPP or I use... Uh, B and H in New York. Yeah. Either one. Nice. So a roll of a roll of Ektar, a roll of Ektar, for instance, in New Zealand is nearly twenty dollars. Wow. Um now I can see of Ektar with into New Zealand and it's still they still only cost me like a little Eleven okay. New Zealand dollars is what yeah. they work out at. If I okay. buy the either FPP or or uh, FPP has a cheaper uh, cheapest shipping cost out of the two. Oh, good. To me, anyway. Okay, yeah. Uh, Stephen's breaking up on us just a little bit here, but uh, yeah, we're having a. He's got. He's in an area where his Wi-Fi is not that great, but. Uh, uh, hopefully we won't lose him here. But uh, uh, Andre, can you go ahead and get to the next question? And we'll see if we can, if Stephen can come back with the next question here. Yeah, sure. Sherry Christensen comes back and says, "Pinhole or Polaroid? What is your favorite?" Um, um out of the two, Pinhole is my favorite out of the two. But I, I've I've only just bought my first Polaroid camera when I we hopped off the airplane. Went to uh, Best Buy and bought one of those new Polaroid. Um, was it One Step Two or something? Or other? Yeah. Yep. And um, I, I don't want to tell how many boxes of since I got. <laughs> but I am. That, that's that's quite expensive to shoot at. A lot more expensive to shoot at home. Um, but the pinhole is pinhole uh, is my favourite out of the two. Nice. For sure. Nice. Yeah, those oh. were those were some of you know the the first uh, Stephen Ray face casts that I remember were the the ones where you would go out with the pinhole camera in some really really beautiful locations out there in in New Zealand doing some some landscape work. So, and I'm so excited to hear you on the Lensless podcast because they can speak uh, a lot more to the the pinhole aspect of your work than we can. <laughs> so those shots. Where I was, uh, where I filmed myself uh, filming for the um, double exposure challenge, which I, um, where I filmed out, out, if you saw, I was out by a river and, and, and up mm-hmm. in a, a cliff with a whole lot of trees and stuff. That's five minutes down the road from me, literally. I, I go walking in there 
on a Sunday morning if I get get the opportunity and it's not raining, I go in there whenever I can. I, I, it's an old um, gold mining uh, company and they used to run there in the 1800s. Oh, wow. So you wow. walk through all the caves and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it looked like a really, really beautiful scenery. Definitely, definitely, plenty of photo opportunities in a uh, in that area, from what I could tell on the videos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've just about photographed it out, but it doesn't stop me. <laughs> I know that feeling. I've got too many areas that I've went to too many times, but you know, sometimes you still find new stuff, though. You know, sometimes you know you, you see something with a different, uh, different light or uh, uh, just with a different perspective. So it's always. Uh, Sometimes you can't over-photograph an area too much, actually, so you can surprise yourself sometimes, I guess. So, yeah. But, uh, all right, uh, Andre, next one. Mr. Dustin Cogsdale <laughs> asking, yeah. what is your favorite part of the U.S., and why is it the South? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the South that he wants it to be. My favorite part of America is, like I said, my favorite state is being Texas because Texas people eat, sleep, live, breathe Texas and there's nothing better than Texas to Texas people and I quite like that. That's I'm how, sorry, that's it's, how... it's pronounced Texas. <laughs> what did I say? Like the 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 popular term for, for food around there, Tex-Mex, I think in, in, in Kiwi speak would sound like Tix-Mix. <laughs> hey, uh, listen here pal, where I come from, <laughs> You guys talk weird, all right? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Texas definitely does have its own, you know, character, uh, uh, its own culture. It's it's no surprise that they want to be their own country. <laughs> yeah. We stayed... <laughs> you know how I told you we stayed at that uh, cattle range? If I said that right. <laughs> Yep. Well, we were staying at a Airbnb, and so what it was was they had these four little cottages just sitting in the sun. We call them paddocks. I don't know what you call them. And um, the, the the cottage we were staying at even had the Texas Star tiled into the shower. You sat on the <laughs> you sat on the toilet and looked down, and there was a Texas Star at your feet. Tiled into the ground as well. If they could put the Texas Star, was the Texas Star that I like. Not so much on the toilet, but I did like it. <laughs> By the way, the toilet is Greek word for bathroom. Right. <laughs> well, the toilet is the object which is located inside the bathroom. In New Zealand and then Australia. The toilet is also the room the toilet bowl is in. The bathroom is where you go to have a shower. <laughs> or a bath. See cultural exchange happening on the negative positives podcast, y'all. Yeah, see who said this wasn't educational. But anyway, yeah. that's why I, uh, outstanding. Uh, yeah, but I liked it. I liked I liked Texas more than anywhere else. Uh, I hope that doesn't upset. Dustin too much, but I think <laughs> I know where he was headed. Because last year, last year I spent a few days in Atlanta. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, he's in he's in Atlanta. Yeah, uh, but I mean we all know the greatest state is Kentucky. Yeah, you just haven't had a chance to come through here yet. That's the uh, we know that. So I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, so I, I'm not sure if I posted this on the the Facebook group, but when I was in the airport from L.A. to Miami, I picked up a copy of the wonderful quarterly magazine that I'm actually honestly considering, you know, purchasing a subscription for called Whiskey Advocate. And they had a whole, like, chapter in there that was talking, like, you know, like giving recommendations about, you know, where you should go if you're visiting the the legendary Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Nice. Uh, I heard that some people do it like on on a bike, like not not, and I'm not saying like motorcycle, but like actually biking from distillery to distillery. And I <laughs> I don't know how how far I could really, you know, last if I could keep my balance after <laughs> you know that many whiskey distillery tours. But yeah. Kentucky very much so is you know on my list of of places to spend an extended amount of time on when i do my own uh stephen ray type uh cross-country adventure out to la in probably february ish nice nice well we will definitely be uh uh taking a a look at that bourbon the bourbon the famous bourbon trail but we probably won't be biking but uh but uh all right, so uh, okay, next uh, next up on the Facebook group, Andre, where are we at? Uh, doing well. How are we on time for this? Uh, we got yeah, we got another fifteen minutes or so before I'd like to take a break before this recording screws up on us. So yeah. Ooh. So we have a question here from the legendary Mister Matt Melcher. Uh, very very recent uh, reunion between him and Mister Stephen Ray. Says here, explain sprint car racing to the rest of the world and why you felt the need to travel from halfway around the world to the middle of Iowa to watch it. <laughs> okay, so um, I grew up um, for as long as I can remember. I've gone to uh, dirt oval track racing in New Zealand, where my favourite track they race what's called a midget car. <clears throat> excuse me, and a sprint and a sprint car is a, a big beast of a of a of a car which has a big, big american v8 in the front the driver sits behind the engine he's got a gas tank literally strapped to his back a big wing on top uh, a huge big tire out to the right a slightly smaller one to the left at the rear and they race around dirt oval tracks as fast as they possibly can in groups of anything from 10 to 24 and uh it's probably one of the last forms of, of car racing left in the world where computers and electronics no don't have an effect and that's what I love about it it's just raw hard racing and that's I actually did race a sprint car for a while well I crashed a lot <laughs> I tell you what I raced um, back in the mid mid 90s through to 2000 so um, it's just it's been something I, I, in, in, in my life forever every saturday night i go to the local speedway and uh and um i always wanted to come to america in fact the trip we booked for last year we booked in 2016 we booked it in august as soon as the airfares were open to book um we specifically wanted to come and watch an american driver they come, used to come down to New Zealand every Christmas and race mm-hmm. over the Christmas New Year's period uh, by the name of Brian Clawson. And he raced midget cars and sprint cars. 
and he raced at Indianapolis a couple of times. Um, we booked the tickets, and literally five nights later, he was tragically killed at a racing midget car at a, a speedway in Kansas called Belleville, which is a mm. super fast half mile track. We wanted to come and watch him race at home, you know, amongst his own fellow competitors. So we carried on with the trip anyway. Um, we went to a memorial that he had there. But that's that's why I'd come around the world, across the world, to watch it because it's the best in the world that, that race, one of the sprint cars I like to watch are in America. Mm. There yeah, you go. very cool. So it's just, I mean, it's, just... it's, it's no surprise that, you know, it, the, the entirely mechanical, dare I say, analog nature of it is something that, you know, is attractive to a film shooter like yourself. I mean, I'm getting super into mechanical watches right now, so much so that I've like rearranged some of my, you know, my <laughs> this semester's budget to, you know, include some future watch purchases over you know, some camera purchases that I was, that I was, uh, previously intending to, to have. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's the, it's the fact that it's something entirely mechanical that electronics don't have anything to do with it. The more and more I'm like, you know, starting to get into film photography and I always like to hear about what are, you know, other than film photography, what are other things that people are interested? And it's so cool to see the the patterns that in whatever way uh it is in whatever shape it, it it takes form that film photographers tend to have an appreciation for whatever non-electron <clears throat> whatever non oh, wow i got a frog in my throat <laughs> <laughs> whatever non-electronic uh you know things that they have kind of going on in their life be it you know sprint car racing or you know mechanical watches and timepieces uh etc mm-hmm. oh, i agree cool all right, all right. so want to move on to the next question yeah oh yeah, yeah absolutely. i'm sorry i, I, I was in a <laughs> uh, i was in a, in a had a brain fart there for a second but uh yeah go ahead let's go on to the next no uh... <laughs> so matt melcher attacks on another question here saying tell us about the gear you brought with you and why you chose it so, my number one shooter <clears throat> that I like shooting the most is my little uh, Leica M2. So, obviously, that's around my neck. I brought that to shoot black and white with. Um, the, another camera I brought with me, which um, I made a huge error with, not the camera itself, just... Um, as you're about to find out, I brought with me my um, Electro 35, um, and I took the batteries. I bought a brand new set of batteries for it. Took the batteries out and thought, right, I'll pop those in when I land, and then I know that I'll get a whole month out of those um, batteries. Only <laughs> when I pulled the camera out and went to uh, load it. I realized I'd left the batteries and the little adapter and the spring and everything I used to keep everything working sitting at home and not with me in my bag. Yeah. Um, Mike Williams messaged me a, a, another way to try and do it, and it it worked, but now using the batteries that he get, 
I've got power, but, but I, it's not reliably getting the um, metering working properly. You know, the over and underexposed lights on the camera working. Yeah. <clears throat> so I've just shoved it. I think partly I think I just need to put some pressure on the batteries that are there, but I've got literally nothing to do that with properly. Mm-hmm. I tried stuffing some tinfoil in there, but I'm shorting, I think it's it's um, shorting out on everything else. So I've just put that in the back of the suitcase, and then Matt generously gave me a, a um, Minolta point-and-shoot to use, which I've been using for my colour. So I don't have to think about it. I just pick it up, frame it, push the button, and I can shoot it. Um, I've brought my Zero Image 2000 pinhole camera, which is a camera I absolutely adore and love. I've got my little Polaroid camera that I just brought. And I brought with me, although I haven't got it out yet, um, because your national park system don't like tripods too much, I brought <laughs> just a, um, a 4x5. A, yeah. What's that English coming out? The name's just literally just jumped from my head. I brought my 4x5 with me, but I haven't got it out yet. Um, mm-hmm. I was uh, hoping to get it out on the road. We're around uh, uh, in Arizona, stuff like that in the deserts, you know, with, oh, yeah. around um, Monument Valley and stuff like that. That was always awesome. my intention was to shoot it there, but um, your national parks are a little bit against tripods. Yeah, so I, heard I have something about that. that. That seems weird to me. Like, <laughs> I guess it's because they well, don't want you. Yeah, they don't want you blocking walkways. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the volume of people at Bryce Canyon today and the volume of people at um, Archers National Park yesterday and the volume of people in, in um, uh, Rocky Mountain Park and the volume of people at the Mount Evans where I was in Colorado, it really would be a problem if everybody popped a tripod out and whacked it up on a trail. Yeah, or yeah. Look, it, it would just create huge problems. So... I can see why they do it, but it's just a pain if you, you know, because we, we there's some awesome shots I could have got with it. Oh, um, sure. But I mean, yeah. I still have shots. So, oh, and of course, I've got my mobile phone um, as well. That's my other mm-hmm. shooter. Mm-hmm. Well, you actually, it's funny. You went for, you're going on a trip that for like four weeks, and I think you brought less cameras than I did uh, uh, for just one week in Florida. So, uh, <laughs> but, but that's uh, all. But, but the difference is that's all I've got. Because I don't oh, have yeah. a, a weird obsession with an obscure brand of camera <laughs> that practically nobody up in the world wants to know about. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, you must be talking about Holga, right? I mean, you're not, obviously couldn't be talking about the, the premium yeah. brand Pentax. I mean, it must be, uh, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Matt Melcher says, "Is peanut butter on a hamburger an appropriate condiment?" I don't know if that's a reference to something. So we sat at this bar to have lunch um, for our little meetup, and I was looking through the list of burgers, and um, there was one there which had peanut butter in it. <laughs> and uh, I've never had a hamburger or a burger. You call them burgers, right? We call them hamburgers. I never mm-hmm. had a burger before with with peanut butter on it and uh so i ordered it and it was actually delicious it was fantastic wow. <laughs> it sounds kind of gross peanut. to be honest with you <laughs> i like peanut butter but i don't I've know been about looking for another one. Oh yeah yeah i've been looking for another one since and have not found another one 
<laughs> There's probably a good reason. I think for you're going to be hard pressed <laughs> to find another one. Yeah, yeah, I've never. Uh, heard of that. I'll tell you what. If you go to, uh, you need to find your way to, to Des Moines, Iowa, or as my wife likes to call it, Des Moines. Um, <laughs> uh, and I think it was called the Tackle Shop, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it, it's a big, big um, uh, craft brew or craft beer bar with 268 brews on tap, I believe it was, they said. Wow. Um, and get yourself one. It was delicious. Matt will take it, <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's a fantastic well, I, coast. Well, it's, oh, I'm sure, yeah. Uh, and Andre, actually, what we could do when we start up our meat pie conglomerate, we could just make that uh, another item we sell is peanut butter hamburgers. You know, that could be. Uh, right. I mean, yeah. at least to have two <laughs> items on the menu. Right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, well, funny you should say. Well, <laughs> <all right. laughs> <laughs> the meat company in New Zealand created a complete hit for a while there. Uh, when have you guys an uh, um, Indian dish called butter chicken? Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Uh, I, I have you yeah. tried it? I haven't tried it. You want okay. uh, If you go to like an Indian restaurant, not. Uh, uh, not an American Indian restaurant, an Indian as in from India restaurant. Right. right. Uh, well, a, a New Zealand company made a buttered chicken pie that was a complete hit with truck drivers for a long time, as you can tell by looking at some of them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So uh, where are we at, Andre? Because, uh, we got. Uh, let's do one more. Then we'll take a break. Uh, let's go hear from Mr. Andrew Bartram, the lovely, you know, best, just best host ever of the Lenses podcast. Just, just before you ask this question, is this the one that's going to get a two-word reply? The first one's get and the second word begins with F? <laughs> uh, no, I'm saving that one for later. <laughs> In this one, he says, uh, how did he get into pinhole photography? What does he love about pinhole photography? And, of course, which negative positives presenter does he like best? Ooh, we're presenters now, Mike. Oh, wow. Uh, how did I get into pinhole photography? I actually heard, um, I was listening to the FPP last year, and I heard um, Leslie Lazenby reference it and, and that she was talking about a pinhole camera and I what's she talking about? I'd never even heard of it before. So I googled it and discovered what it was and I, I saw some of the results of pictures that people get out of it and I thought to myself, how more basic can photography be than to have a little slider that you slide across a, a um, tiny weeny hole to get an image out how more simple and basic can photography get and then I um, that's when I brought myself my zero image camera is that nice. is that the correct nice. answer oh yeah yeah that's up to you right and that, to me there's no shutter I'm the shutter speed <clears throat> um, you know what I mean like uh, I have I've I haven't even taken a tripod out this trip. I've been either holding the, leaning the camera up against a post or a railing or 
putting it down on the ground and sliding the shutter open that way. A couple of times I've tried as handheld. I'll see how they go later when I get home. But, you, you know, to me, uh, a pinhole camera, you can do anything with it, if you know what I mean. There's no real rules. In fact, some of the best images that people seem to get in any other form of photography would be considered a mistake, if you want, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, to me, those those images are, are, are quite, I are quite like. So that's why I'm drawn to it. Very cool. Yeah, well, in case it. we do have some time, uh, Andrew Bartram also says, whereabouts in Australia do you live in? Isn't it way too hot? <laughs> Get. I need that second word. My wife won't let me use, but I use it every other day of the week. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, well if it. you if you will permit just one more, you know, quick little question, Mike, so we can wrap up. Uh, this segment. Our lovely former guest, Bill Smith, says, Stephen Ray, uh, how often do you come topside and do you get your film processed as you go or do you fly back home to New Zealand and do it all at once? P.S. My mom is from Napier on Hawke's Bay. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, I, f- I take all the film home with me and develop it all when I get home. Um, I've, I've never used a uh, um uh, lab here at all um, because to me the developing of the uh, film is part of the joy of why I shoot film and so then as an alternative when I get home I get to enjoy my trip twice more once when I develop the film and hold it up to the light for the first time and see the various images come through it reminds me of, of the, my journey mm-hmm. the second time obviously is when I scan it I get to have another look and and Sometimes, you know, it brings back really good memories, obviously, and so that's why I like to to develop myself when I get home. Yeah, I agree. I had the same. That's sort of the same thing last night when I was uh, developing some more of the Florida rows and and uh, scanning them and seeing the images pop up on my on my computer. It's almost like uh, you know, it's nice to relive the trip, even if it's only been like a month or since you've been there. It's kind of a nice little a second little. I don't know. Second little piece of uh, nostalgia comes along, and uh, and yeah, it's just nice. It's a, uh, it's, it's makes and it's his mum is from an absolutely <laughs> outstanding part of New Zealand, Napier, where his mum's from. is is a is a coastal town that's absolutely beautiful. I've been there quite a lot. I raced there once when I had my spring car. It's a wonderful nice. part of the country. Awesome, awesome. And so, like, I've always heard this. I'm not sure if it's true or not, uh, but <laughs> uh, that like New Zealand I don't maybe I haven't heard as much about New Zealand but I've also heard like Australia uh very uh friendly to Americans like how, is your country friendly when we come down there and visit or are they like ah stupid Americans like I don't know <laughs> what's the attitude towards Americans in uh in your country I know we 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 don't have any problems with Americans in my country I think yeah. Americans have more of a problem with Americans in America then then the rest of the world has a problem with America, if you know what I mean. Yeah, okay, nice. That's about nice. as serious as I'd like this conversation to get, but that's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And ha- have the people of, of of the wonderful USA been treating you all uh, very nicely? Yeah, yeah. We've never been treated badly in America, ever. Good, good. Awesome. It's great but to hear. The only problem I have with Americans, so if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you stop in a small town to go to a diner for lunch or something, uh, as we're driving through 
and you order your meal, first off, they can't understand a word I say, which I struggle with because I speak so well. And secondly, when they bring the meal to you, every single person that works in that diner has to come up and ask you if you're enjoying your meal, not because they care whether I'm enjoying the meal or not, because they want to hear me talk. <laughs> Why do you think we invited you on the podcast? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, yeah, no, Americans are. Uh, that or uh, they just want a tip. I don't know if there's tipping in New Zealand. Was <laughs> <laughs> that Oh man, that's great. All right, well, I think that so that wraps up all the Facebook questions, Andre. Is that right? Yep. Perfect, perfect. Well, we have a couple of uh, voice messages, uh, call-ins to us, Mr. Stephen Ray. But we are going to take a, a break here. And then uh, we'll come back and uh, get to these call-ins uh, by our wonderful listeners to our wonderful guests. So uh, we shall take a break and be right back, folks. All right, folks, we are back from the break. Another uh, enlightening, entertaining break as usual. Uh, man, you guys, well, I, I'm going to try to you know, save some of this break banter and maybe insert it at the end of the show so you'll get to hear some of the behind the scenes with Mr. Mr. Stephen Ray. It's been uh, very entertaining, but as you can imagine, I'm sure. But uh, uh, we have two call-ins to the show, uh, call-ins specifically directed to Mr. Uh, Stephen Ray. And the first one is uh, from Mike Williams from 12 Months, 12 Cameras, also the voice of the intro of the show. And uh, very delighted to have his, uh, his voice welcome you into the show every, uh, every episode. So uh, except for the one I had to do for Andre's solo show, which is not nearly as good as Mike Williams. But uh, anyway, he has a call in. Let's uh, take a listen to what he has to say. Hey, we've got the print exchange thing coming up, and that is super cool. I like the way it's getting a lot of people involved, but also it got me thinking about we really need to be printing our stuff in general. And, um, you know, say something happens to you and you leave a hard drive full of ones and zeros or even, a you know, binders full of negatives. What are people going to do with those? Odds are that nobody's going to see a lot of stuff that you've put a lot of effort into and that mean a lot to you. So not if it doesn't even matter if it's Walgreens, it's Mpix, it's darkroom prints. It is just making physical prints and putting them out there for uh, people to see. So I'd love to hear your take on it. All right. Thanks, Mr. Mike Williams. I actually thought that was uh, directed towards Stephen, but it's actually directed towards all of us. So, uh, uh, perfect. Uh, well, prints, printing. Obviously, I uh, we talked about it a little bit in this episode already, but like uh, we all need to be doing it more. And Mike brings up a really good point there about how you know uh, when we are have left this earth, yeah, no one's really going to want to deal with our hard drives and our negatives, you know. But uh, but a uh, a photo album, 
that thing is going to get passed down and to, to you know, uh, generations coming up. And so not too many people are going to toss those in the trash. So that's a definite consideration. Something I've actually been actively trying to get caught up on in the last year or so. And I've kind of taken a break from it and I'm falling back way behind again. So I was actually talking to my wife today about how I need to get the uh, photo album albums up to date and how momentous of a task that seems right now but i need to do it because it's very important and you know it's kind of the the print is the final stage of your photography and it's uh, in a way a photo is not really done until you until it, it it hits paper in some in some manner so uh i don't know i think it's very very important uh, uh what do you guys think uh andre what's what's your take i'm sure you're you're pretty much uh in agreement with with this yeah, I, I mean, I don't think any of us are really going to be, you know, nah, nah, don't disagreeing brand, nah. <laughs> with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, when it when it comes to me, you know, being back here now in North Carolina, having access to my little, you know, bathroom uh, darkroom with my 35 millimeter and larger, and then uh, the film photography class I'm going to be taking that's uh, heavily focused on on darkroom printing. I'm hoping to to print more than I ever have before. But one thing that I want to do. Um, I'm not sure whether or not like I would ever do something like an art show or like try to get my photography into a gallery since there's really no kind of like rhyme or reason to my photos. I don't particularly have a style or a, a genre, I don't think. Uh, but I want to start just carrying some prints with me in my bag so that when I come upon, you know, somebody who asks about my my camera if I'm walking around with something that's like very sort of eye-catching like the Roloflex I can pull out some some darkroom prints you know of portraits that I've taken with the Roloflex and be like yeah these photos were taken on on this camera I think that would be a really cool thing and then you know there's the additional thing that you can say if they were darkroom printed it's like yeah and those are actually like you know actual darkroom prints so mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's something that I've been thinking about for uh, for a while. Yeah, that's a good icebreaker too. If you're wanting to take a portrait of someone on the street or something, uh, might be a good. If they can see what you're doing, uh, then it might actually make them more willing to, uh, you know, work. Uh, excuse me, work with you on uh, on on getting a portrait of of them. You know, so yeah. Yeah, given it, given how bad I am at actually putting stuff on instagram if they say like oh is this gonna is this gonna be put on instagram i can be like <laughs> honestly probably not this is the, <laughs> probably these kinds of little darkroom prints that live in my in my camera bag are probably the extent of where they'll end up there's, there's no need to mention the the negative positives film photography podcast facebook group um there there you go it took us a while to get that plug in but um, <laughs> just a just a funny thought yeah yeah nice nice uh steven what do you think i mean obviously you know, we've talked about it a little bit earlier in the episode but are you pretty much on board with the, the importance of prints and did, are you making a, a a serious i know you said you had a, a like a hard drive uh with with a folder of some you mean to get printed but um so you are you it sounds to me like you're a little bit behind with it as, as i am yeah i i actually when i get home my next um project to save up for with the very tiny allowance my wife lets me have um, <laughs> each week uh, is I, I want to set up, uh, finish setting up. I've got a little shed out the back where I do my developing and um, it's got a sink in it. My father-in-law said it. I bought a little kit set, wooden kit set shed and he 
put a sink in it for me and I connect the hose to it and plug the power into it. And I, I want to set it up with a proper enlarger, especially because of the um, 4x5 stuff that I've just started doing. In fact, um, about two weeks before we flew out, my son, who's 26 years old, and my mum, they came and stayed at my place for the weekend. And so I took a couple of shots with the 4x5 with some um, positive paper in them. And then I run out to the shed and, and um, develop them. And I've got to be honest, to see those images of family members pop up in front of your eyes on on the paper as it's developing is, is quite a quite a feeling yeah. and quite a thrill. And then um, to take them inside and show them how my son could keep his head still for four whole seconds while I, <laughs> I shot it because I think that <laughs> positive papers like uh, ISO 3 or something I can't remember it was a four yeah. second exposure and that my 75 year old mother who still works by the way is um, couldn't keep her head still long enough so her face was all blurry uh, it, was, it was nice being able to tease her about that and then to have her lynch across the lounge and whack me with her knitting needles was quite quite painful but hey that's just the way it goes <laughs> nice all right. I, I, I want to get into printing more of my work, especially from the 4x5. Uh, I think Intrepid, that's my, I couldn't remember the name of my camera, it's an Intrepid. Mm. I think Intrepid about to do a Kickstarter with an adapter for the 4x5 to turn it into a, a, an enlarger. Um, so yeah, I'll either yeah. wait to see what that comes out at, or um, I'll try and buy someone's setup locally. There's a, there's, every now and then there's, there's some decent gear advertised, darkroom gear locally <clears throat> but um it's not excuse me it doesn't appear to be as common as up here yeah yeah cool cool all right so uh our next uh call in from uh matt jones and uh let's see what uh, and this one definitely is directed to steven <laughs> because the uh the uh the title of it is steven and the flat earth conspiracy so let's see what this is all about here <laughs> all right Hi, Mike, Andre, and uh, Mr. Stephen. It's Matt Jones here. I'm on a payphone in Thailand, so uh, just bear with me. I've got a couple of questions for Mr. Stephen. Firstly, Stephen, can you confirm or deny that your trip to North America has in fact been sponsored by the Flat Earth community? And secondly, are you meticulously annotating those Polaroid shots as part of a plan to disprove the curvature of the Earth. Now, finally, is it true that New Zealand does not exist and, in fact, is a fenced-off portion of Wales in the UK? All right, thanks, guys. I've got to go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, what Matt Johnson. you, Mr Ray? <laughs> um, so you remember how, I think before the show started, I pointed out that New Zealand was like America's Canada to Australia. <laughs> and Australians like to mercilessly mock us, little Kiwis, because we're a kind-hearted, wonderful, uh, I almost said simple folk, and Australians are mean, nasty, corporate people who take it upon themselves because they're, they descend from criminals. Uh, <laughs> any sort of history, Australia was colonised by um, the English, 
by sending all their criminals to Australia instead of putting them in prison in, in England. Whereas we, us wonderful New Zealanders, uh, we migrated to New Zealand by choice because it's such a wonderful place and they couldn't get anyone to go to Australia because everything in Australia is designed to kill you. As for the flat society stuff, <laughs> um, I'm struggling because if I have to admit that that I might even remotely support the flat earth theory, then how could I possibly have enjoyed my trip to NASA in Houston last year like I did? <laughs> Very true. Very true. All right. Well, that was uh, – thanks, everyone, uh, Mike Williams and uh, Matt Jones for these awesome call-ins. And uh, definitely uh, always enjoy getting those and always adds, a, well, definitely a new perspective to the show, especially tonight. So, uh, so uh, but anyway, uh, we want to make this uh, segment a little shorter. And uh, so we're going to take another little break here and uh, so we can discuss how the hell we're going to end this, uh, this, this, this awesome episode with Mr. Stephen Ray. We have a couple emails. May get to those. I don't know. We're going to talk about it. So we're going to take a break and figure out what the hell we're doing. So we shall be right back, folks. folks we're back from the break for our last segment and uh gonna kind of wrap up the show here in a little bit uh very shortly but we have one email to get to i have another email coming uh that was asking about pin tax lenses from uh aaron alfano aaron i will get to your email and probably one of my solo shows because uh you know uh, i want to save that for a solo show when i can talk about pin tax lenses when we have people with more sophisticated camera taste uh, on the on the show than who's currently on here with me tonight uh, so, so I'll, I'll get to that in a later episode, but thanks for the email. I'll definitely answer it. So, uh, also we got an email from, uh, Paul Friday and he, uh, his, the title of the email is hauled up by the fuzz. So he says, Mike, it sounds like a painful way to be lifted, but it's British slang for being stopped by the police. In this case, the resolutionary guard love the episode where you and Andre agree, uh, that sharpness was overrated. Here's a link to an article that says the same thing, but also has a picture of a gorilla as a bonus. And he has a uh, website that is, uh, let's see if I can get this right. It's like F up duck photo, fup duck photo dot wordpress dot com. <laughs> Got to be careful how you say that one. Uh, yeah, fup Fup duck photo dot wordpress dot com and he has a uh, an article which I did read about uh, uh, agreeing that uh, sharpness uh, in photos is, uh, is kind of overrated and actually mentioned that I think there was like an organization that and they're judging in his article it mentioned that they're they're judging they have like twelve criteria for judging a photograph and sharpness was not uh, in the, even in the, their twelve criteria for judging but uh, yeah I definitely agree that. 
people get a little too caught up with sharpness sometimes, and uh, I'm not I'm not uh, that big on it. And uh, you know, me and Andre have talked about it quite a bit. I mentioned uh, I think on the solo show that I had borrowed uh, Andre's Leica, and uh, I was wondering, you know, if this am I going to notice this razor razor sharp sharpness razor sharp sharpness <laughs> of the Leica, and uh, you know. I don't know. The, the, you know, the photos were sharp, for sure. But uh, just so were my Pentax photos. So, you know, I don't know. I can't. I, I, think, we're split. <laughs> I don't think we're splitting hairs here at this point. But, uh, <laughs> but it's not something I really care too much about, you know. I mean, I can get just as much enjoyment, uh, enjoyment out of a Hoga as I can uh, uh, a SLR or a medium format uh, SLR or whatever. And, uh, and definitely Hoga is not going to give me any near the sharpness as my, my SLRs do. So... Uh, you know, I think it's all about the photograph, and I don't really give a crap about sharpness. And I know, Andre, you probably feel the same, because I think we've had this discussion before. But what's your take, Andre? I mean, so let me let me alter my previous statement. It's not that I don't care about it, but honestly, most lenses are pretty darn sharp. And at the resolutions that I scan and print at, I mean, everything looks sharp enough. Even my my pinhole stuff my uh zero image six by nine pinhole you know if i were to make a large print like you you could probably tell that you know based on the the depth of field and also just like the look that yeah maybe it was shot on on a different camera but for most people just looking at those nine photos that i have on instagram that are all with the zero image six by nine i mean you probably wouldn't guess that those were shot uh with a pinhole camera anyway so i mean increasingly you know whether or not something is sharp has factored less and less into you know my my photographic decisions both on a purchasing level and on a you know on a what photos i enjoy level so you know most things are pretty darn sharp unless there's you know a lens that you're using that is just notoriously bad or there's something wrong with it like you know haze or or you know fungus or things like that so don't don't sweat it too much i mean honestly half the reason why i wanted uh my sumacron rigid uh for my m3 was because it had the focusing tab and i like focusing tabs <laughs> yeah yeah and I, and I think that's you you brought up a good point andre about the uh you know the size as well of what you're printing at I mean, the largest I usually print at is 8x10, maybe an occasional 11x14, and I'm just, I'm not having any problems, even using a flatbed scanner with 35 millimeter negatives, which is supposed to be notorious for not being sharp enough, not enough resolution, you you can't do that, you can't print 8x10 or 11x14 on a flatbed, it's just not, it's not good enough. Well, I have not seen that whatsoever, I've got no problem with the quality I'm getting, uh, but you know, maybe I, maybe I'm just not as much of a stickler for that kind of thing. Uh, Steven, what do you th- what do you think about the subject? The subject of sharpness. Are you a sharpness snob, or are you uh, you know you do carry one of those uh, fancy uh, Leicas, you know? But uh, I don't know. What do you, what's your thoughts on it? I carry my Leica because um, just because. Okay. Um, some of my favorite photos from my last trip to America were taken right here at Bryce Canyon, where um, that particular day that we came here, we were literally headed to Salt Lake City. And we drove down here to spend two hours here and then 
idea was to dive out. Well, I was physically on death's door with the flu, but not just like a normal person would get. I was really dying. I was near near death because, and that's how it how it is. And um, I I shot. I had I had a trip thirty five. And I shot a roll of colour in that. What I thought was a roll of black and white in my Leica, which turned out was empty. <laughs> um, the Trip 35, at some point, I bumped the uh, ISO right around, and um, I don't even know what I shot it at. And when I developed those negatives, barely see anything in them, and I had to really mess with the... When I was scanning it in, I had to really mess with the setting system to get some image, and I got some super grainy bugs super colour rich um, photos out of it mm. now, now the, most people they are shocking but to me they're, they're, they're my favourite photos because um, they're not super crispy clear I, I, I think there's a time and a place I think we've you know and most of what I take photos of I don't care whether other people like them it's whether I like them and like I said those images were probably my favourite, some of my favourite from the whole trip last year, just because they messed up. Yeah. Um, nice. Rain. Yeah, I, yeah, I think a I... Yeah, a couple of shot at Yellowstone come out really super, super awesome, and they're also my favourite, but I think it's just a different scenario played out. How's yeah, that? you posted those, the ones that uh, you'd kind of... Uh, kind of screwed up or thought you'd screwed up. Uh, you posted those on the Facebook group not too, not too long ago, right? Because I think I remember seeing those and they were really, really colorful and, and they had a, a very yeah. cool look to them. Yeah, it's something that wouldn't have happened had you not, you know, accidentally bumped that ISO thing. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't have gotten that. It was kind of a lucky sort of a, so, sort of a coincidence, sort of, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were. I love yeah, they, them. Yeah, they look great. I liked them. Uh, so, I don't know, any other uh, thoughts, anyone, on this uh, resolution thing, or should we go ahead and wrap up this uh, this train? I think we've said all that there is to, to say. I don't get the impression that the, the lovely audience of the Negative Positives podcast are are those, um, ironically, pixel-peeping old curmudgeon uh, film photographers that Oh, if it wasn't shot on eight by ten, it's not a and printed in the dark room. It's not good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and who wants to hear? Who wants to hear my opinion? I sh- I'm shooting a lot of APS right now, so uh, <laughs> I really can't talk about resolution. <laughs> but uh, all right, so definitely want to thank the Mr. Stephen Ray for coming on tonight. Uh, it's been it's been awesome. It's been fun, and uh, I hope certainly hope he enjoys it. the rest of his stay here in the Grand Ole U.S. of A. and safe travels and all that. It's just been a, a real blast having you on, Stephen. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure to be on the show. I really, really, really enjoyed my time. It's been fun. And, and Mr. Uh, I mean, Ray, as always, you are more than welcome to come back to the show at any point in the future. We'd love to have you. Uh, mainly just to hear you speak in that in that lovely accent. <laughs> well, plus, so you know, it hey, sounds a lot nicer than an Australian accent, right? What's that? I, okay, so I personally do like it more than an, an Australian accent. The way that you guys pronounce some of your vowels are, I mean, 
I mean, there's just such a lovely ring to Tix Mix. <laughs> and plus, any time we can get a chance to get somebody on the show with uh, that, that's not wearing pants is always uh, uh, kind of uh, adds, adds an, an extra level, uh, takes it up a notch. Well, you didn't get have... too much baby oil on the car seat. <laughs> I don't know that any other podcast would let me on. This is the joy of <laughs> Well, apparently, at least one of the hosts of the of the Lensless podcast is letting you on. <laughs> well, uh, maybe the Lensless podcast should be the Pantsless podcast. There we go. So, what do you think about that? Huh? <laughs> but I had I to. I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't uh, turn <laughs> the video on when we. <laughs> we don't turn the video on when we do these uh, these podcasts with uh, with Skype on, so I have no guarantee that Mike's wearing his pants in the gutter man cave. <laughs> as hot as it is in here, I probably should not be wearing my pants. But there there, <laughs> there is a window here where my neighbor. I, mean, I thought it was really unusual when you see me the instructions. You specifically, I thought that was really unusual because when you see me the instructions for. Well, the Skype thing, you specifically said you did not want me to turn the camera on. I was like, but I've dressed perfectly just for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, actually now I'm kind of wishing we uh, we had turned the camera on because uh, I, I think that I think what I'm imagining might be more graphic than uh, what, I, what I might actually see. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, while I've been talking to you, I was in a crowded car park, and everyone's taking their cars and their kids and bugging off. I'm sitting there all by myself now. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should have worn some clothes. <laughs> uh, well, uh, just let some, let let, uh, let Matt Melcher know if you end up in prison tonight. <laughs> maybe he can bail you out or something. But. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap this one up, fellas. Um, uh, Stephen, where can people check out your work and follow along with your adventures? Uh, Facebook. I have an Instagram page, but I don't understand how that shit works, so I never use it. <laughs> and um, Flickr. It's, it's currently under Stephen Ray. The surname spell R E A, but I think there's about five or six of them. So when I get back home to New Zealand, I'm going to change it to my correct name, which is Honest Steve, the people's friend. Um, that'll be changed in a couple of weeks. Here to have a look. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, and also, definitely uh, the negative positives. Film Photography Podcast Facebook group, where he is uh, our one of our most famous face casters on the. Uh, uh, on the uh, on the group so yeah you can definitely follow along uh steven there and uh that's i i definitely think i think maybe that'd be maybe the only reason to join our facebook group just to watch his face cast but uh, <laughs> or at least one of the one of the better reasons but all right andre uh where can people see your uh, your nine photos my nine lovely super sharp six by nine uh pinhole photography images can be found on my instagram at andre on film Nice, nice. All right, you can see my photography on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography, on Instagram at Gutterman Photo. Uh, you can email this program at negpositives, N-E-G positives, at gmail.com. And obviously, join the Facebook group, the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast Facebook group. Okay, that's the end of this show. Thanks again to Stephen Ray for coming on, and thanks for listening. Everybody stay positive.
And she's some bodacious, most excellent, wonderful, fantastic film photos. Yes, yes, perfect. All right, uh, thanks. Worth the wait. <laughs> thanks, everyone. Uh, we will see you very soon. You said that you're in the car park. Why are your pants off? You walk through the car park without your pants, or did you get into the car and then? I don't want to discuss. Listen, this is about photography, my fantasies. All right. <laughs> no, no. We discovered that if you do three walks at um, Bryce Canyon, they give you a special sticker for kids. <laughs> so I said, "Look at this. We're going to do these walks," and they just about killed us. But I got my sticker, so I was pleased. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh, I love stickers. You should have seen the lady, the lady at the uh, national park center for at Bryce Canyon. You should see the look on her face when I fronted up and said, "Listen, we've just done these three walks. Can I have my sticker, please?" <laughs> <laughs> Australia was the prison colony. Okay, mm -hmm. let's get that clear. Yeah, no, no, that's what New it Zealand. says. Um, no, we're sort of uh, Australia's camp, if you will picked on and made fun of by the Australians because we're a smaller you know, happier simpler sort of nation <laughs> That's a pretty good analogy actually <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see it So that's it I've learned something today, New Zealand is Australia's Canada, so that's uh, something to uh, something <laughs> and, to tell and There's been a couple of questions from those Australian bastards that I don't <laughs> Okay. Let's just keep that to us. That's our little secret. Wait, I didn't. I didn't catch that. What was it? It's, there was some questions in those uh, Facebook questions from some of those Australian bastards that proved that they mock us as <laughs> poor innocent Kiwis. We need to just keep that to ourselves. But okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, do people still use Pentax lenses on Pentax cameras? I thought the lenses all <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no, but, yeah, I have an email about the uh, uh, Pentax lenses asking for, you know, obviously someone else out there that appreciates the, the finest of camera equipment and uh, was asking some opinions about that. So I think I'll save that for one of my solo shows for, you know, when, when I have maybe a more sophisticated highbrow uh, crowd uh, on my solo shows that, it wants to hear something like oh, oh uh, yeah uh, yeah <laughs> because the audience for this show is totally sophisticated and incredibly highbrow <laughs> that's why we love them <laughs> yeah so uh uh yeah i'll i'll get to that email on the uh, solo show but uh, by the way you're not recording that are you? what's that you didn't record what i just said did you i sure did yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh.